Father, we want to thank you for the revelation of your words through the scriptures. And we to, and to this morning, we want to come to you. We ask that, O oh God, would you speak to us, reveal to us deeply, O oh God, that which what you have in store for us. Father, we pray, O oh God, that the truth that comes from your scriptures will not escape us today, that we will be able to capture it, O oh God. No need that we will capture it, O oh Lord, as we have heard from you, as we have been learning, truth that comes to us, we must upon it. We must allow the truth to govern our action, our decision, our attitude, our lives. Father, therefore, we come to you, we lay bare our hearts before you. We ask the Lord, would you speak to us? Would you do the, a new work in us, in a new world that we are, we are going into? Father, we just uh, surrender ourselves to you. We invite you to speak to us clearly. We silence every voice. We come from the world, the devil, and the flesh. In the name of Jesus, we render all of you silent. In Jesus' name, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. What do I mean by restoration grace? Let's look at Luke chapter 15, verse 11 to verse 32. Luke chapter 15, verse uh, 11 to verse 32. If you have scripture, if your Bible view, I encourage you to turn to it because we'll be looking at it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a story that all of us know very well because sometimes when we read a Bible story that we are so familiar with, we can just said it, we know the story, I've acted on it before, uh, our children has acted with it before, the father, the son, and, uh, and, and the swine, you know. <laughs> so, but, but we, want to, we want to allow the Holy Spirit to reveal deeper things to us. The truth, the Word of God is so rich, right? Let's read together the story. Then he said, Jesus said, huh? a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possession with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him to his field to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pots and the swine ate. And no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. And I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And when he arose and came to his father, but when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight and am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servant, Bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. Now his oldest son was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come, 
and because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lord, these many years I have been serving you, and never transgressed your commandment at any time, and yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as his son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with helots, you killed the feathered calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad. For your brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. Now we know this story pretty well, right? So keep your finger, uh, if you have the Bible, you keep your finger where the page is. Now we all don't use that, right? Now keep your, keep your finger on, on your screen, right? <laughs> so to, to, we're going to go through this uh, different part of this uh, story, the parable that Jesus has, uh, has told. Now, the grace of God that we have been talking about is a restoring grace. It's the grace for restoration. Now, when we talk about restoration, unless we know what is lost, right, we would not seek restoration, right? Unless you know what has been, what is lost, you don't look for it. Have you ever encountered something like this in your life, in your experience. You didn't even know that you lose something. Somebody told me that, somebody told you that, hey, where is it? Uh? Oh, yeah. Oh. Then you look for it, then it's lost. You realize it was lost. But it, it could have been lost for a long time. But you never realize it. Right? Uh, you, you, could have been, you could have been lost for a long time. You, you, you didn't realize it. And suddenly you realize that, hey, it, it, is, it, is, it is lost. So you went to look for it. So restoration that we talk about, it is by the grace of God. The grace of God extends to res restoring what has been lost. But we must first and foremost know what is lost. A lot of people in the world today, you know, Jesus came for the lost, right? Came to save the lost. But a lot of the lost people do not know that they are lost. Now, that seems to be the problem. I think that they're heading on very well in life. They didn't know that they were lost. They didn't know that what did they lose. Okay? So, they, they, will, they, will, uh, they, they will not seek for it. So, if you do not seek for it, you will not find it. God is good. He is gracious. He has given us a lot of promises. But just like if we do not know what God has promised, how can you claim it? Right? So we must know. We must, unless we realize what is lost, we will not seek restoration. But what is lost in this story? First and foremost, number one, loss of love for the Father. The story, the story that we have heard about the Father and the Son. Now, very quickly, who does the Father represent here? God and the sons? Huh? Us. Or in this context, Israel. Right? God's people. Right? God's people. The sons 
are us. We are, the, we are God's people. He's speaking to us individually and corporately. Just like Jesus was demonstrating this and telling, and telling, the, telling the, uh, uh, the Jewish crowd, right? You, you look at the rest of uh, chapter 13, chapter 14, chapter 15, you know that Jesus was, was being watched and observed by the Pharisee and the teachers of the law. He was in Jewish territory. And he told this, this story very offensive, you know, to the Jewish people. Very offensive. I'll tell you why it's going to be, uh, it's, it's, it's very, very, uh, it's very uh, offensive. Number one is because that the Jews consider themselves as the uh, as an elite uh, in the eyes of God, uh, here Jesus described that wow, political living uh, da, 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 all day long. Wow, it's very very offensive. They were probably saying that he is not talking about me. He is not talking about me. Now, why do I say the loss of the father, loss of love for the father, rejection, loss of intimacy with God? Because the father here represents God, right? Loss of love for God for the father. Because in the Jewish tradition in those days, that no Jewish father will, 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 will actually give his inheritance to the son until he died. So the son who came to the father obviously was telling the father, as far as you are, con you are concerned, I have no love for you. I don't care if you die. I wish you die. Lah. Give me my portion of the inheritance. Hey, the father is still alive, in front of in front of him. To the Jews, it is a wholly unacceptable thing. Because you can't ask your father to give you your portion of inheritance where the father is still alive. There is no love. There is, there is a coldness towards God. There is coldness towards his father. You see, there may be a relationship, there may be the, the sons may be staying in the house, but there is a coldness towards the father. It's not the presence of the father that really matters. It is the response of the sons to the father. In this case, it was just coldness, no intimacy. Then what did the father do? There is the grace of the Father, grace of God. He divided it anyway, right? We look at, we look at verse uh, 12. And he, so he divided to them his livelihood. Divided. That is grace. The father didn't reprimand him and say that slap him. You terrible son, you know, you give him a slap. No, he didn't do that. Now that is also something that you know, like it's it's an expression of God's love. Sometimes we wish we 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 show our feast as at God, nah. Uh, it doesn't mean that we will be punished by him. He will show grace. He is very gracious. He is a God of grace. As God's people, my dear friends, what you and I do, sometimes we do not see the immediate consequence. It doesn't mean that God approves of it. Just that he is gracious. You know why? 
Because God expects us to come to our senses, which the son did, right? When he came to his senses. But in between, uh, losing the love for the father and coming to the senses, that there is consequence. There are consequences when we reject the fatherhood of God. One of the things that we will look at, and this year we will be restarting our equipping courses, and, uh, and hopefully with Zoom, we'll be able to get more people to come in to be part of it. The, the rejection of the fatherhood of God is a huge thing for mankind. Huge thing for human society. Huge thing for civilization. It is a huge thing. The consequences that floats out from it is destruction, disorder, and dysfunctional. And dysfunction. So, this is the first thing that has been lost. Because, you see, the son has... The father already lost the son. At the moment, he asked for his inheritance to be given to him. So he went away. There is no intimacy. He went away. He don't, couldn't care about the father. He, 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 just, he just walked out from, from, from his home. He didn't treasure that relationship, you see. You have all that you have. Uh, you want to build up your own kingdom, own, own uh, business, empire, whatever. Do it. Why must you leave? There is no intimacy. There is walking out from that intimacy with the Father. So therefore, therefore, my brothers and sisters in Christ, let's be very careful what this pandemic is doing to us. It should draw us closer to the Father, not further away from Him. One of the ways that we can, be, we, can, we can help one another to stay intimate with God is to gather together, whether online, whether, whether physically, together, come together, not just for our feel-good factor, but to help us to be intimate, intimately connected with God's heart, God's word, God's will, God's love, God's power. It is to help us to be intimately connected to it. Now, afterwards, we're going to look at in this passage, why is it so important to be intimately connected to God, not just doing the, uh, going through the motion of being in the house of God, right? Yeah, okay. The loss of love for the Father, the loss of intimacy. Number two, loss of rightful inheritance. It's all started with the rejection of the Father, loss of intimacy. What can you think of are the rightful inheritance of God's children? Name it, it can be lost. It all started with the loss of love for the Father. Therefore, even in the book of Revelation, Jesus say, return to your first love. Return to that love and intimacy with God because that's all where it started. Not love for one another, but love for God. Love for the God who is so gracious to us, which we have been looking at for the past three, four months. He is so gracious. He is so long-suffering. He kept reaching out to us. Even when we begin to turn 
our back on him. Like little children, uh, when they want to cross the road, you hold their hands, they go like that. They go like that. What would the parents do? Pyak, right? <laughs> but what did God do? Come, come, okay. Don't run. Come, it's, 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 it's not safe. He keep, hey, 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 come, hey, hey, hey. That's what God do. But the earthly parents, I don't know about, I mean, some, some of you are better parents than, than me. Oh, pick, I said, stop it. I said, hold up, hold up. Stay, stay. But not our God. When God does not pick us, doesn't mean that what we are doing is right. Don't compare God the Father as the earthly Father. He is more gracious than that. He will persuade us. He will speak to us. He will speak gently to us. Donna, dangerous. Trust me. I'm your father. I provided all this for you. Donna, listen. Come back, come back. And therefore, when that rejection of the father has put in motion, the loss of rightful inheritance is the next. The scriptures sometimes say it is sin and describe it, sometimes describe it as rebelliousness. Sometimes call it rejection of God. Many terms to describe that one thing when we do not treat God as God in our lives. The consequence is spelled out throughout the scriptures, my dear friends, my dear brothers and sisters in Christ. There will be loss of rightful inheritance, not just wealth, not just money, not just financial loss, health, even, even the next generation. When we begin to reject God the Father in our life, it cannot usher in blessing for the next generation. The next generation can could be with us. The children ministry can be with the church. The youth ministry can be with the church. The young adult ministry can be with the church. But what guarantee do we have when the children are in the house of God, they know who they are? Ah. Oh. Loss of identity is the next. So he, he went away, this younger son, and uh, he gathered all together, journeyed a far country, when there he wasted his possession with prodigal living, verse 14. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in the land. And he began to be in want. You see, one of the rightful inheritance of God's people is this, that like what the psalmist described, we shall be like trees planted by the water. We will not wither, isn't it? Our leaves will not wither. In times of drought, in times of lack, we will prosper. That is our rightful inheritance as God's people, as God's children. But you see, when he cut himself off, this son of uh, the father, 
from the rejected the father and took all this blessing. Those are real blessings. When he rejected that, he cut it off. And there, even in the time of prodigal, in the time of famine, he could not survive. Of course, you say that it's famine. Ma. Who can survive in famine? Hey, my dear friends, you look at the Old Testament. Abraham survived in famine. Isaac survived in famine. Joseph, because of Joseph, whole Egypt survived in famine. Elijah, even, no resources, one survive in famine. It is our rightful inheritance as God's sons and God's children. And this pandemic brings a famine, a lack. It will hit us, but we will not die. We will not perish. We will not only survive. There will be supernatural intervention from the Lord in our life. Turn of events that taken as a coincidence, angame. There will be a lot of angame in your life. There will be a lot of coincidences, coincidences in your life and in my life in the time of lack and famine. Oh, yo, this business, huh? you didn't give to anybody, it just came to me. Oh, oh yo, so ngam. They got so ngam. This job, uh, I, uh, I, I didn't feel quite comfortable about it, so I didn't take it. Oh, yeah, good thing I didn't take it. So uh. ngam. All the ngamness uh, <laughs> is the grace of God. Every turn of the corner. But when, when the son has, has rejected the father, of course he's not the father's son anymore, right? He, he, he spent all in verse 14. There arose a severe famine in the land and began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and he sent him, that the citizen of the country, sent his son into his field to feed swine. You know that it is a country that is not Jewish nation, Jewish country, because they are swine. The Jews do not eat pork. They cannot keep swine. It is offensive to the Jews. You mean... You, you treat us like, like, like that. Like, how can we go and sweet swine no, no, and, and, and all other kind of things? Now, why do I say that he lost his identity? Because, number one, he because he rejected the fatherhood of God. He rejected the father. Therefore, if we reject the father, how can you be your father's son? If we reject God, our creator, as our, as, as, as our father, how can we know our identity? We can only search for identity how do we search identity? We join to the world. Look at this verse. He then he went and joined himself to a citizen of the country. He didn't, he didn't get to be an, uh, hired. Huh? Sometimes in the story, we feel that he was hired. No, he joined. This word join means what? Cleave. He cleaved himself to the citizen of that country. Not in the sexual way. Because when you, the wife the cleave to the husband, husband cleave to the wife, is called proskolao. But this word here is kolau, is cleave. Not in the sexual way. He didn't have a homosexual relationship with this man. But he cleaved to him. He associated himself with him. He joined himself to him. He grew with him. To who? To somebody who is in a foreign country or foreigner. What kind of foreigner? 
a Gentile nation. To the Jews, it is a big no-no. How can you stoop so low, not to feed swine and eat swine pork, but to cleave to a foreigner, in a sense, to, to a Gentile, in the context of spiritual holiness, uh, in the context of spiritual holiness. He compromised of his holiness because he doesn't know who he is anymore. Sure enough, right? He even went to feed swine, uh, swine, 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 So I go, I go, I go and fight with the, with the, with the, with the, with the pig food, you know, the, the swine food, uh, African swine fever, whatever, never mind. Hungry already. Eat first. Because no one gave him anything. He not only has lost his uh, inheritance, he's lost identity, he lost his dignity. And verse 17, but when he came to himself, he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare that I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer to be worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. He lost his dignity. He didn't feel that he should be a son anymore. And he relegated himself to be a servant. The way to return to that path, the way to return to that path is to realize. You see, as I mentioned just now, that when we've done something, we turn our back on God. God does not immediately come and pluck us. He will plead with us. In my journey, in my relationship with God, I can tell you that God is so gracious. I hope that He will at least give me a buck. But He did not. Because He wants me, He wanted me to love Him out of a willing heart. He persuaded, He revealed, He speak, He sends people, He sends all kinds of, uh, of uh, signs and uh, people who carry the message his Holy Spirit who, 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 who pricked my conscience, who, you know, who bring me warning. He didn't go back like that. But he's persuaded. That's how good our Father is. Therefore, today, my dear brothers and sisters in Christ, the sons of the living God whom I'm addressing, listen to your Father in heaven. Listen to him. He doesn't want to back you. He doesn't want to give you a little bit of pain. He doesn't want to punish you, to teach you. He wants to persuade you. He wants to persuade us. He wants to speak to you. Would you listen to Him? And therefore, the way to return is to, is to say that I'm, I'm wrong. The loss of dignity. He thought that he's not a son anymore, right? He thought that he's only a servant. What else is lost? The loss of two sons. Two sons has been lost. Not just a prodigal son. One who did not treasure sonship. One who rejected the birthright, the sonship, rejected the father. He didn't reject his birthright, right? He rejected the father. He wanted the birthright. Oh, wow. How, how does it count? Huh? 
How, how does it work? If you are a, you know, a Chong family, a Qin family, or a Chung or whatever family, Tian family, you, you reject your father, but you want your father's inheritance. How, how does that work? It doesn't work like that. He didn't treasure his sonship because the, the younger son received, he, 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 as all, all that I already said, he received in his in inheritance, he treasured his in inheritance more than his sonship. He treasured his inheritance more than his father. And therefore, he lost everything. Let me say that again. He treasured his inheritance more than his father, his relationship with his father. And therefore, he lost everything. Christians can suffer the same kind of predicament. Why is it that we are suffering? Why is it that we are struggling? We are not moving upward. We, are, we can be struggling, but it's always struggle to move upward. Struggle to move out, to move on to the next level. Why is it that not happening in our lives? Consider this. Consider, have we treasured our inheritance more than the Father? Than the relationship with the Father? That we, were able to, we were willing to sacrifice the Father and we want to keep the inheritance. I'm not pointing finger, I'm not saying to any um, particular, any, really, honestly, no particular person comes to my mind, but the church has always in, uh, confronted with this issue. People will come to God and ask for blessing. They will be so diligently seeking counsel, seeking ministry, seeking blessing, seek, seeking prayers and all the rest of it. They can even be part of the church, a membership of the church for a season. But when it comes, when they get all that they want, they say, my season in this church is over. I am moving on. Really? Are we therefore not like the younger son? Who then? What about the other one? Also lost. I tell you, lost from day one. <laughs> that one lost from day one. Huh? Also lost from day one. Verse, four, verse, uh, verse 12, right? Uh, chapter 15, verse 12. Uh, Luke chapter 15, verse 12. And the younger of them say to his father, Father, uh, give me the portion of goods that fall to me. So he divided to them. Did he divide only to the younger son? No, he divided to them. Who are them? The older and the younger. He had only two sons in the stories. He divided to them. What does it mean? That means the, the equal rights, right? The younger son showed us what, 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 could he, what could he do and wish he did to his inheritance. He took it with him. He, he blanched out his friends. He spent it on political living. Could the eldest son do the same thing? Take it with him? Of course. Then what did the elder son uh, say? Huh? In, uh, in verse... Uh, 26, right? Let's read from verse 26. So he heard the, the, the party, the dancing and all that. Chapter 15, verse 26. Luke 15, verse 26. So he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. What is it all about? 
And the servant said to him, Your brother has come, and because he had received him safe and sound, your father has killed the feather calf. And he was angry and would not go in. He was marajuk. He was angry. He was sulking. He said, I will not go in. Therefore, his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you. I never transgressed your commandments. I kept all the Ten Commandments and beyond at any time. And yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours, he couldn't even say my brother, huh? this son of yours, this son of yours, came who has devoured your livelihood with helots, you killed the feathered calf for him, who devoured what is rightfully yours, which you have given to him. Remember? He divided his livelihood among them. And yet, and he said to him, son, he addressed him as son, son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad, for your brother was dead in his life again and was lost as in farm. The eldest son was lost as a son from day one. He was sitting on the bank, fat bank account with his name, with no encumbrances. He was sitting on properties that produce tremendous wealth with no charge, no caveat, no encumbrances. Yet he said, you did not give me one young calf. Wow, oh. oh, cry baby. Oh. Oh. Children, cry baby, right? Oh, you didn't give me one young calf. Cry baby. And the father was shocked. When I gave your brother my half of the inheritance, you received the other half. You are always with me in my house. Why do you behave like a servant? What kind of restoration can we expect? Let's just go on. Time is running out. I have 31 seconds more. Okay. Restoration grace begins with number one, reconciliation with God. It has to start with reconciliation with God. It's when the son says, Lord, Father, forgive me, for I have sinned against heaven and before you. Reconciliation starts with that repentance and acknowledging our sinfulness. Last week, we had talked about that, you know, um, David say, against you, God, against you have I sinned. Against you, only alone have I sinned. Now, last week, we didn't have time to go into that. But this week, we look at this. What did the son say in verse 18? He said, he said when he came to his senses and all that in verse 17, he said, the younger son said, I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. Now, just now I ask us that, who do you think that this father in this story represents? You say God. What about the sons? All of us, right? All God's people. All of us, right? All of us who have a covenantal relationship with him. Okay? 
Now, this is make sense. So we come to God and say that I've sinned against, not you, against heaven, before you. What does it mean? None of the word that comes out from the mouth of Jesus uh, is, is redundant and is always carry the truth. You see, it's more than just the relationships has, the fellowship, the relationship has been broken. It's not lost, but just broken. It's more than just the fellowship that the intimacy with God has been broken when sin happens to us. There is something else. It violated a higher law. It violated a higher principle, which is heaven. There is two aspects to sin when we sin. When we break relationship, when we hurt somebody, we wrong somebody in the relationship, we wrong God, we wrong our fellow man. Now that we say, I'm sorry, please forgive me. But in all this, there is a higher law that we must observe. The spiritual law of God. Heaven means that there is a higher principle in which that we need to realize that we have violated. No time for this this Sunday, but we will do it other time. But you get what I mean, right? You get what I mean? When we have sinned against, we do something, uh, we don't see the result. You know, I mean, we don't see the punishment. God didn't punish me. Uh, okay, uh, okay. Uh. But you look at the Word of God. Read the Word of God. Have we violated any spiritual principle? Any higher godly principle? So one of the best law, what is the best test? One, uh, one of the best tests that we can apply is that do we, does it express our love for God? Does it express our love for our neighbours as ourselves? If it does not, even though it is not too wrong in my, in my, in my own assessment, there is something that is violating the spiritual principle. Stay away and repent. If we allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us during this season of Lent, we have only about, 20, 20, uh, about 18 days before Easter, or thereabout. And uh, let us, let us, um, for 14 days, right? Let us, let us spend this time to continue to ask the Lord to speak to us. Not just sin, sin, uh, like, you know, really terrible thing. But have we violated any godly spiritual principle? If we have, then say, Lord, forgive me for I have sinned against you. Secondly, restoration comes, grace starts with God and uh, it flows out to reconciliation with ourselves. When the son said, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy, sorry, I'm not worthy, yeah, sorry, yeah, I'm not worthy, he said, I'm not worthy to be your son. But reconciliation with self, he says, I am worthy to be called the son of God. You see, both the elder and the younger son didn't feel that they were son. It is so important for us to walk in that reconciliation. A lot of Christians, they are serving God, they call themselves, I'm God's servant. Hey, you're God's son. You do the job of the servant, but you're God's son. And, and especially, you know, in, in, I think in terms of language, you know, the BM speaking, uh, Indonesian uh, language speaking, is always called themselves, Hamba Tuhan, Hamba Tuhan. I'm Hamba Tuhan. I always remind them, Kamu juga anak Tuhan. 
Kamu juga, juga mempunyai kelayakan sebagai seorang anak. You are qualified to be a son. That is who you are. That is your identity. Your identity is not a servant. You see, when the elder son treat himself as a servant, what will happen? Disgruntled. Because a servant expect wages. Correct? Have you ever employed an employee and you don't pay them, they are very happy? If we are employee, we, our boss do not pay also, we, we grumble, we, we demand. We take them to industrial court. Okay? So if we, the, 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 the other son look at himself as a, uh, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a servant, and even the younger son, when he came to himself, he said, I'm not worthy to be a son. But the father did not even let him finish. His restoration came so quickly. Before he could say that, make me a servant, the father stopped him. He had no chance to finish the rest. What did the father do to the son? As an act, as, uh, uh, action speaks louder than words, to show him that you are not a servant because I don't kiss my servant on the neck. He hugged him, he kissed him on the neck. That is only for the son. Reconciliation with self has to first and first and fast, uh, first and uh, uh, it has to before that start with reconciliation with the father. And to say to the father, Father, I'm sorry I've hurt you. As I mentioned, there are two dimensions, two aspects to sin. One, we've hurt God, we have violated a higher principle, a higher law in heaven. And therefore, sometimes people say that we can take our case to the heavenly court, right? That's also for another time. But the second thing is to mend that relationship. Come to the Father and say, the Father, I'm sorry. I've hurt you. I made you sad. If you persuade me, you ask me, don't eh, don't eh, don't, don't, uh, don't, uh, don't cross the road, don't go out and play. I'm not by car and you still nurse me. And I said, Father, I'm not worthy to be your son if you kiss me. What is this? That is called grace. Restoration grace. Restoration grace leads to what? Number one, authority of the kingdom. We all need that restoration grace. We need the authority of the kingdom of God when, 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 the, when the father bestowed upon the younger son. The rope is a sign of authority. Authority and covering. The ring, the signet ring, carries the authority of the Father. Number two, affirmation of identity. Put on, put on shoes. In those days in the Jewish culture, that you go to a house, you want to see which one is a son, which one is a servant, you look at the feet. The one wears shoes, huh, no? although wear torn jeans and all that, huh? he is a son. The one wear tuxedo, everything, uh, no shoes, uh, that's a servant. Okay, that's how you know. So you put on the shoes, it's affirmation of son. Stop it. Stop don't calling yourself not, not, uh, not a son. Abundance. The father say, all that I have is yours. That is a kind of abundance. My dear friends, 
when we talk about restoration of God's relationship with us, you know, in, throughout the story, one thing never lost. The relationship, the identity, the, the position of a son. In God's eyes, we have never ceased to be his son. When we have sinned against God, it does not cause us to lose our status as son. It just breaks our fellowship with the Father. It doesn't cause us to lose our relationship. So that is a, this is something that is constant throughout the story. Not for a moment that a father say, eh, you, uh, you had relegated yourself from sonship to, 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 to uh, slavery, to servanthood. No. Servanthood is our choice. All of love. Sonship is our privilege bestowed upon us that can never be taken away.